You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos and more. Welcome to another episode of the Hoops Fix podcast with me, your host, Sam Nita, full-time British basketball advocate. It's been a little while, um, been a very busy couple of months, but I'm glad to be back, hopefully getting back on the regular um, scheduled programming. And on this week's show, uh, we have a very special guest, none other than Jay Marriott. Uh, you may know him from his escapades on the BBL show, a weekly podcast that the BBL does, uh, former Plymouth Raiders coach, but now the CEO of uh, Gloucester Sport uh, a brand new franchise uh, which has been accepted into the WBL for this season and is intending to enter the BBL in 2022. I thought it was a perfect time to have a conversation with him, find out uh, the process, what goes on behind the scenes of trying to get a franchise off the ground. You know, we've heard the need for the league to expand and grow over the years, but the obvious places, uh, you know, the Birmingham's of the world, for example, um, was not the one that jumped uh, first. It was actually Gloucester. Uh, so it came as a, as a big surprise and it happened seem to happen very very quickly so yeah it's really good to get him on the show and kind of talk about the ins and outs of what has gone into the whole process over the last year or so of trying to get it off the ground and kind of what they're thinking about heading into not only this WBBL season the NBL season um, and then heading into the BBL for next year so yeah really good conversation which I think will provide a little bit more insight into uh, the behind the scenes of running a franchise in this country um, yeah I've got a lot of value out of it and I am sure you will too as always before we get into the show please take two seconds to check out our Patreon account Patreon Patreon.com forward slash hoopsfix, P A T R E O N.com forward slash H O O P S F I X. There you can sign up to give us a monthly or annual contribution of as much or as little as you like that helps us do the work that we're doing. We're trying to grow this British basketball media landscape thing and we cannot do it without your support. Uh, please consider for the price of a cup of coffee, for the price of a sandwich uh, every single month. Uh, it goes a long way in helping us do what we're doing. So please go and check it out patreon.com forward slash hoopsfix. As always, you can reach out to me on every single social media platform at HoopsFix. Uh, you can drop me an email, sam at hoopsfix.com, if you prefer some one-on-one uh, interaction. Um, but yeah, please do let me know, and uh, yeah, I'll look forward to hearing from you. That's enough from me. Uh, here is this week's show with me and Jay Marriott. Jay, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, mate. Appreciate it. So it's been a, yeah, a few weeks kind of back and forth trying to, trying to make this happen and we finally got it happen. Obviously a lot going on uh, your end and there's been a lot, of, a lot of talk online, a lot of interest uh, into the newest, newest sort of basketball franchise um, that's, that people have seen. Uh, and I think the, the place to start is kind of where it started. Like it's all hap- it's, it all seems to have happened very quick. Um, and I'll be interested to kind of hear from your side when you first got murmurs of um, the Gloucester project and uh, when it sort of started becoming a reality that this was going to happen yeah I think it's interesting you know you, you you kind of pop up on social media and everybody thinks that's your timeline right everybody thinks that that's that's the go time but look there's there's enough sort of gray gray flex to suggest that uh that, that this has been for a while but yeah I mean the the, the the story in a nutshell I guess is um you know myself and the owner Alex Petherham we we go back you know maybe 20 odd years um you know he's 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 been a sponsor of a lot of different sports. Um, you know, as as we progressed, um, you know, he's become a, a, a wealthier man. I've I've maybe become a more knowledgeable man, hopefully. Um, and and those two things kind of collided in a conversation um, last year. Um, there there was some interest. There was some approach um, from 
from locally that were that, that, that were talking about would he invest in basketball and he and, and he was like yeah you know I love basketball kind of looked into it they wanted to build through the leagues um, and I guess as those conversations progressed you, you know he wanted to know how much does it cost to to own a BBL franchise how much does it cost to own a WBBL franchise where where could it go where could we put it how could it be and um, you know that that's where the conversation started really just asked me to take a call um we made we made a few inquiries um we looked at a few few different sort of situations few venues those kind of things and and then it kind of looked like it could become a reality so you know he's been three years now involved in a um in a football club there Gloucester City Football Club he's managed to bring them back to the city after um having to move because of floods in 2007 he's He's built kind of a three and a half million pound uh, stadium that, that 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 constructively has been built above the floods. You know, he he, he kind of uh, he's there. He's invested. He wants to be invested in sport. Um, yeah, and and that's kind of where it all all began, and it kind of snowballed from there. So I'd say last year, and then we 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 kind of looked to put our business plan in and around January. So you know, it's it's been a while. What, what, uh, just for the, the specific timelines, what, when, when did you first hear of it last year? Um, so I'd say probably going into maybe September time, we, we, we started having a conversation. So I think in, uh, in that summer, um, Alex had been approached and, uh, there were a few people that wanted to, to, to take on the project. And I, I think Alex is just a, a bigger picture guy, you know, so like he's a, he's a businessman first and foremost, you know, so it was like, okay, if we support a, a, a club from division three all the way through, like, how does that look? Um, what, how do we implement community? How do we implement partnerships? How do we implement sponsorships? And so, I mean, I think that that's where the initial reach out came was he was like, okay, well, you know, if if we took this bigger, if we if we really went for it, and I was really all in, what what does that actually look like? And then, in terms of like who is actually behind it, um, it's very much you. You and Alex are kind of the uh, the faces of the of the franchises. Um, you know, and kind of in all the press releases, communications, uh, I did see within the research that I did that. Um, his is it his business partner, Eamon or Eamon McGurk? Is he is he kind of one of the, the co-owners as well? And then you've got a commercial manager as well. Like kind of who are the people involved? Uh, who's sort of behind the scenes? Yeah, so Eamon very much is is kind of behind the scenes. He's he's a backseat passenger really with with, with the basketball. He just wants to observe, support, and uh, you know, of course, if we need him, if we need to tap into his knowledge or anything else like that, he's there. Predominantly, he's you know the 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 co-owner of uh, of what we essentially know as Gloucester Sport. So that's what I'm the CEO of. So he's the co-owner of that, but he he's predominantly involved in the football. So very much in the background, Alex is kind of driving the ship. He's the um, the the owner of the franchise for, for, for the basketball solely. Um, so, so he's 100% yeah. owner of the franchise? Yeah, so it's 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 kind of lots of moving pieces. So you've got the football club where they're co-owners, you've got the Gloucester Sport, which they're co-owners of, and then Alex is, is kind of gone at that as a sole owner in the franchise. And then if if down the line, um, Eamon's enjoying what he's seeing, there's always room there. I mean, th- those guys are together no matter what. If you look at them from a business, if you look at them from a sport, if you look at their friendship, they are, they are probably one, you know? So... Um, 
yeah, he 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 he's going it alone at the minute. He wants to make the sole decisions, and then obviously I'm I'm sat just behind him. Um, commercial manager wise, um, we're we're still looking to fill that position again. So sadly, the uh, the 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 guy we wanted to bring in, I think, is returning back to 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 Cheltenham Football Club. Um, that's where his, his heart kind of was. So we're we're left having to to look for that again. Um, so yeah, those are the moving pieces. Really, I probably should give a shout out to to kind of Claire Lane, who sits sits in the background for us. She's um, she's Alex's PA, and uh, and she's doing a lot lot more work than she should be doing. So she deserves a shout out. And then we're just we're, we're just trying to put the structure in, like, like we said offline. Is um, you know that's that's the most important bit to a franchise right now is everything that's going on behind the scenes, not necessarily what's going on in front of it. So when you're, you know, September, you're having these initial conversations, um, you're looking at kind of uh, what it would take, how much it would cost. What were your kind of conclusions when you assessed the opportunity? Um, what sort of budget, you know, you don't need to go into the budget of what it's actually ended up being. But at that point, when you're looking at the money that you'd need to raise or, or have access to, to be able to fund a, a, well, ultimately, the goal is WBBL and a BBL franchise. Um, what were those costs looking like? Well, I think you got you got to be ready for a lot bigger commitment than maybe people see on the outside. So you know you 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 got to buy your franchise, right? And um, yeah, you know that that can be divided up into to a few different pieces or whatever else, or or you can just buy it outright. So you've got an outlay outlay there of of, of finance, and then uh, and then you're looking at, um, you know, you're, you're looking at putting the team together. You're looking at uh, and people might see that as just a player roster, but that's not. That's you know, unless you own your facility, that's like where are you going to play? What does that look like? Um, it, you also have to, t- to factor in is how strong is that partnership? You know, so we, we've seen. I think we've seen with Plymouth, for example, you you got to be really really careful. I mean, they've had a ten year relationship there with Pavilions, and 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 they still weren't able to get it over the line. So that. Um, you know that comes with some nerves and some trepidation around what you do with partnerships. So, yeah, I mean it's a heavy investment. You know, you you looking at your franchise, uh, your franchise fee, and then you you probably add in that again just to just to get a season under your belt as well. So, I think you have to be realistic. There's probably a three, you know, you're probably looking at three years of of your own investment. Um, you know, at the very least. And it, and and if you're not prepared to do that, then you're probably going into the going into the wrong investment. I think so. You know, our our aim is to be much more sustainable before three years. Like we, we we've got a plan to to try and make that happen, but we also have to be realistic. That did we have that in the reserve? Do we have a three to five year sort of plan where where the owner can 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 put those investments where needed um, and and make it sustainable and. You know, at, at the moment, to, to the league, you know, we've got to show that we're we're we're, we're going to be around for the next ten, twenty years. You know, what is the what's the current BBL franchise fee? Uh, so I think you're looking at three fifty. I think it is, or something like that. Is it three fifty? Really? No, no, sorry, sorry, one hundred and fifty. You're looking at as a as a franchise fee. Yeah, and then, um, and and then you're looking at three fifty minimum investment for to to try and get through a season I, I i would say but probably when you look at the hidden costs it's a it's a lot more than that so i think that's the scary part i think if you want to look at a franchise like i think that it's a fantastic investment but it's everything that's behind it that you've got to look at because you're looking at the next 
three years of putting in a minimum of three fifty is is yeah. is is steep. You know, you've you... you you say you say there like it's a, it's a fantastic investment. You know, the question is, is it? You know, we've seen we've seen the 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 you know the sustainability of of clubs, especially you know this season this off season particularly, mm. uh, with you know both Worcester and Plymouth you know going down. Um, and I think one of the one of the sort of big conversations that that has been happening a lot recently, especially with the success that Solent has have had uh, in Division One. Is like, what is the incentive to to have a professional franchise? Um, because if if at Division One level, you know, you're packing your, you're packing your, your arena or your your, ve- your venue every single week, um, you know, you you're, you've got the budgets to to bring in good teams, be competitive, win everything. What do you get from the BBL that you wouldn't necessarily get from playing in Division One? Like, what do you think? Like, what is the value of having a BBL franchise? Like, where do you think the return is going to come from? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting question. I think first and foremost, it starts with with where you're at. So if we look at our owner, our, our owner is specifically a, thinking about legacy for the city. You know, so he's not, he, he's, a, he's a businessman at heart. Um, you know, he, he runs a multi-million pound business and, and that's what he's focused on. Sport is not something that he, he just looks at trying to make it sustainable as quickly as it possibly can. And uh, and any anything extra that's made goes back into the club, you know. So, like, you can see that from Gloucester City Football Club. You know, that that's what he's done over the the, the last three years. And if you, you look at um, now got the right manager, now got the right staff in place, got a great playing staff, got a great culture. Um, you know, so that's that's what he's invested in. That's what ticks his box. I think um, it's, a, it's probably a difficult question to answer in terms of, you know, your financial model because, like you said, if you look at a Solent, you look at a Reading, et cetera, et cetera, they've been... They've been growing, you know, without the BBO and without the need of the BBO. But, you know, my my passion, you know, that's why I stepped in and did the BBO show this year is, is I want to try and help them get to a level that we, we all feel that they can reach. Um, last year, you know, I, I felt like during a pandemic, which is ridiculous to say, I think that they made a big step and maybe everybody realized that the, the something that you've been preaching forever is that that we we, we need to be uh you know taking this media and comms side of things on 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 such a bigger level and once everybody has done that it there's maybe been a bit of an awakening around that situation but yeah i mean ultimately it's just the 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 aim has got to be playing at the highest level and then the highest level has got to provide that reason for a solent and a redden to take a next step you know because we're 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 kind of crying out for that um and you know, Worthing. There's so many teams that you could mention that would just be great to to see in the BBL and creating like bigger rivalries and things like that. Maybe, maybe what we've got to look sometimes is we've got to look to take a step back sometimes to 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 take a step forward. You know, so some of these teams aren't entering um, due to much bigger restrictions than just finances. You know, there's there's a lot you have to show, and I admire the BBL for for learning from probably the the past and 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 trying to make sure that that process is improved but you know I think the product would just be bigger and better with those teams involved so however that's got to happen would 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 probably help us grow but there's no there's no quick answer to this situation you know if you look you've got what Newcastle and Leicester in a situation and 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 London now with the finances that are in a position that 
that, that a professional league, you look at them and you see that setting. Everybody else is working their butts off. You know, I can assure you everybody I speak to are, are, are trying to bust it to, to, to take it to the levels that it needs to be. And, and also those clubs individually. So it, it, they've been fantastic with us. You know, they, they've almost been mentors. You know, you talk about the Russell Levinstons, you talk about uh, the Paul Blakes, uh, you talk about Vince, you know, the, the, those guys have been great as well in sort of saying, look, how, how do we help this happen for you guys? It's got to be the right thing, but and it's got to be the right vision, but we want to grow. It's interesting, like, I remember I did this, the, the owner's roundtable uh, during during the start of the lockdown last year, and um, we were discussing, like, the sort of the value of a franchise and what, what you're getting for your franchise fee. Uh, and in that conversation, I was quite surprised to hear uh, the sort of the response was, you know, you get advice from us. Like that was essentially what you're getting. And and I know that there have been other owners um, in the past, uh, you know, well, namely John Sawyer from, from London City Royals, who who was very clear about the fact that, uh, you know, I paid a franchise fee and I, I'm not seeing like, you know, you pay essentially a franchise is a set of um, sort of operating procedures, uh, policies, um, business plans of, of that you can then just take you know, roll out and say you're a BBL franchise and every, everyone's running things in the same way. And mm. he was saying that, you know, there is no, I'm not getting anything for my franchise fee. There is no clear path uh, or, or sort of documentation of how this should be done. And actually, I'm just trying to work it out by myself. I'm calling other owners and, you know, exactly like you're saying, sort of having mentorship, which is great because, you know, everyone is, it seems to be very forthcoming and, and supportive of, uh, of new franchises. But at the same time, surely there needs to be some... Um, you know, standard operating procedures or clear documentation of how things are going to work. Like, and I don't know whether that's changed since in the last year and a half. Obviously, with franchises leaving and stuff, maybe there's been a, a reassessment of policies. But just, you know, in the situation that you've been in, kind of seeing everything that you've seen, having gone through that process very recently or, and going through that process at the moment, um, you know, do you th- feel like it's clear to you what you need to do to succeed and there has been any sort of documentation or information provided to you that you're getting for what you'll be paying for the franchise fee uh, to help you uh, have success both on and off the floor yeah i mean i think it's definitely Im- Im- improved is it is is it flawed you know yeah because we're not there if it was perfect then 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 we wouldn't have had the worcester situation we wouldn't have the plymouth situation so you know there, there's no there's no point trying to um, you know, glorify something that 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 needs to improve. But do I see the right people? Do I see uh, new and improved documentation? Do I do I feel good about the situation? Yes. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that you know I'm not necessarily privy to. Every, everybody else is hearing, uh, you know, lots of the same noise and things like that. That sounds like it's it, it, it can only be a good thing. Um, you know, I I think think from for, from my situation i'm just fortunate that i've i've had the experiences that i've had with the bbl so that kind of leans me to 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 maybe having a slightly different view because i don't need to have my hand held as much um you know and maybe there's some things that maybe haven't been asked of me but then i've then i've put them forward or there's questions that maybe if you were coming in it as a new ownership like i've asked that they've gone it, great great question you know like that we'll, we'll have to come back to you on that so it, it is a different lens for me and I guess that is why um you know Alex has sought out um 
me in particular, just because I, I, I've, I've, it's not just about seeing it from a bird's eye view. You know, I've seen it from kind of every level. So I understand what things we need to have in place. Um, I think I've got a good understanding of where the where the league's going to trying to go. Um, and 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 like you said, like the the mentorship is invaluable. Like if you look at uh, people like Leicester and Newcastle, and 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 they're not all the not altogether the same models. So maybe you know maybe maybe that's something that the the league can grow is is more of that sort of plug and play. You know, like a a couple of things I'd like to see is just um, you know all the social media running kind of the the. The same way as what you would see. Like I, I know you're just as big a fan of uh, of um, you know NBO in Australia as uh, as I am. Like I'm I'm mad about that. I tend to look at that a lot and see what they're doing and see how they're trying to um, well how they have grown the game. You know, sadly, I think the pandemic is is stepped them back slightly, but not you know it, it doesn't seem on recent form. Some of the things they're announcing from a sponsorship pr- perspective, it looks like they're going to just grow right back in. So. You know, I think they, they they just announced a a three year twenty million a year deal with ESPN like ESPN. yesterday or the day before yesterday. So, um, yeah, yeah it's conti- I mean that that to me is the case study of of what is possible. You know, if you get things right, like, um, and I and I don't think you know there are there are obviously some big differences between Australia and and the UK culturally and everything else, but uh, it does show that with the right investment, with the right people involved, like it is possible. Um, and it gives me gives me hope. <laughs> Uh, because yeah, it does feel like it does feel like the BBL is moving in the right direction, but it also feels like very slow. And there's there's clear you know it's clear f- for everyone involved and everyone around it that there's there's much more that can be done still. Um, so yeah. yeah, the like when when you're kind of when you're looking at uh, kind of what you're trying to do, like the I think the original uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the original plan was to have both the BBL and the WBL franchise for 2022. 23 season was that or was it always the plan to have WBBL earlier and obviously I know that there was an application you kind of when uh, Worcester and Plymouth um, withdrew there was an option to potentially well you tried to see if you could sort of fast track the BBL franchise as well like kind of uh, what was the original plan and, and of course like how has that ended up panning out uh, now yeah I, th- I think original plan 2022-23 at, at the earliest you know so um, that that was what we came to the league with. We thought that was a sensible suggestion. We took it to, um, we were able to have Russ and, and, and Paul just kind of have a look at it and look at the timelines. And I was like, look, you know, there's there's a lot of things I know. There's a lot of things I don't know. I think that this gives us a little bit of time to uh, to, to make up that shortfall and, and, and spend some time learning some lessons. Um, for me, the how the WBBL kind of came into that was just my growth. I think last year, like doing the the, the BBL show and getting to know people like Siobhan and Rianne and just seeing. I, I felt the women's game last year took like a big step forwards. You know, in terms of it, just just sort of was able to come out of the shadows slightly. And and once you were able to kind of see it as a um, you know, as a product and we were able to see the Kennedy Leonard's of this world and stuff like that. I think that, that there's so much potential. So yeah, I guess the, the conversation about the WBBL started around the finals, you know, so um, Newcastle London game and, and just able to speak to um, speak to the BBL. And, and I kind of shared my vision on that, that I was like, look, if they, they kind of both come in at the same time, um, you know, does the, does our WBBL franchise suffer because of it? You know, so could we, could could we accelerate it? Could we look to 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 try and bring it in this season? Um, 
it, it's, it would be a great learning curve for me because it would be on a slightly smaller scale, we would be able to learn the lessons um, with, with, without maybe s such harsh restrictions. You know, the BBL and WBBL do have slightly different um, uh, rulings around things. Bec the, the necessity side of things, you know, like um, in terms of things like fan base and, um, you know, different situations like that. So, yeah, they, they were pretty receptive to that idea. And, um, you know, that's been my my premise ever since with that is that we just want to give the women's game its limelight, come in, be in the city, be the stars of the city, be the stars of the community, like see what it feels like for them. And, and, and that's been a great selling point for us, I think, in, in the players that we've been able to sign so far is just giving them a very clear heads up that we're, we're going to be really putting them at the forefront and are they ready to, to, to kind of handle that? Are they ready to be on that kind of pedestal in the city? And, because if you look around the city, you know, you've got the rugby, you've got the football. We, we come in with this women's basketball that sits in a really nice niche for us and has been really well received. So we, we just want to make sure we do that justice. And then just, I guess, the clarity around the Worcester and the Plymouth situation was just, um, you know, joint, joint conversation with the league is that initially when the Worcester situation happened, um you know, I I just asked the question. I said, like, how is how is everything looking? How is it set up? You know, we're a new franchise trying to, trying to come into this situation. Should we worry? And they were kind of like, no. Like, if we if we go down to nine, like there there might there there may be a conversation to be had. So can you you know be ready? I don't don't think that there's going to be anything happen. And and for me to be honest, you know, I was relatively relaxed about it. I was like. <laughs> who'd who have thought Plymouth, you know? Um, and then, yeah, that situation happened. So mutual conversation. But again, some plans for us have changed for the better. Um, but that has given us more reason to be patient going for 2022-23. So what, what we would have had to undertake in a, in a six-week period would have been just astronomically unfair on us. Um, and they recognized it and we recognized it. And, and I'm sure like from my owner's perspective, like he just would take on anything, you know, like he, he, he's all in and just what wants to jump into that situation. So I know he was a little bit, um, a little bit disappointed that we can m maybe move it forward. But I think in, in reality, 2022, 23, uh, is going to be a really nice fit for us. Do you feel pretty confident that you will have the franchise accepted for 20, the BBL franchise accepted for 2022-23? Um, I, I feel confident that we're putting ourselves in the right situation to be accepted. Um, so where we're at at the moment is obviously WBBL done. That's fantastic. We're really looking forward to that. And we're, I'd probably say we're about 80% through the, the BBL process. So um first first draft of the plans went in we needed to make some changes um that that sort of kind of came out of the blue that we that are great you know they're really good changes for us um so we had to make those necessary changes put that back in um and now we're just waiting to hear if we need to just make um you know any other adjustments but yeah it's been the, the process itself has been great like i've really enjoyed the process uh, the way that they um, uh, went about the WBBL process was really good, uh, really fun. And then, you know, this process at the moment is is the right thing. You know, they're asking the right questions, and 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 it's not all the time about us 
uh, maybe getting something wrong or anything else like that. It's kind of like, can you expand on this? Can you show how this is going to, how does this have sustainability? Um, which is right up our alley. That's what, that's what we've been focused on. And I think maybe that's been misconstrued. You know, I think there's a few people out there that maybe thought we were being a bit arrogant and we were trying to jump on other people's losses and stuff like that. But that's really not how that conversation came about from either us or the league. You know, the conversation was, um, you know, Worcester bow out for, for us, that's for, or for me personally, that's a disaster. You know, like that, that's a, that's a derby game. You've got Worcester and Bristol around us. I really felt that there's something that we could grow there around the rivalries that is, is only going to enhance all of our fan bases. So losing them was tough. Um, and then, it, you know, Plymouth was the, took them down to the nine where, where the conversation was going to happen. Um, so, yeah, it was a little bit different than, than maybe how, how it played out online. But, um, you know, we we just want to be, we just want to be sustainable. So it's not going to be about trying to come into the league. And, um, you know, it's, it's probably not fair to say do a Royals like it's not meant that way. But we're not we're not coming in there to have the, this huge budget and blow everybody out of the league. We're here to be here for the next 20 years. That's our plan. You're yeah, talk, talking about sustainability. What would you say to, you know, people that, uh, sort of come from the side of we want to see teams work have worked their way up for numbers number of years over the national league. You know, built out their infrastructure, built out their fan base, built out their community programs um, before getting the BBL franchise. Like even you know, even if you're going 2022, 23, for it to have happened in essentially a year and a half, two years, like it's still relatively quick for a, you know a, a new club, so to speak. Like, do you feel um, that? Uh, it's possible to get to that sustainability as a as a new franchise in such a short period of time. Um, you know, what would you say to the people, the fans that that kind of say, "Oh, we want to see longer standing clubs that have spent years building out infrastructure and proven that they're going to be around for a long longer period of time." Yeah, I mean, I I appreciate both sides of the coin. If I'm honest with you, like I I, I agree with them and disagree with them all in the all, all in the same breath because, um, you know, I'm what. I'm one of those guys that are sitting there um, that uh, that desperately want to. Um, what is that noise? <laughs> I don't know. I can hear it as well. <laughs> it's gone it's, now. It's gone. That, was, that was freaking me out. I just <laughs> sorry. I completely lost my frame. So um, <laughs> that's ridiculous. It's probably a kid's toy. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no problem. Yeah, I mean, like for for me, like I've, I've just said to you guys, like you know, Solent. Get them in, Reading. Get them in. Um, you know, and there's so many other clubs that I'm sure I'm 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 leaving out, and they they've done it the right way and they've grown it and things like that. But then that still hasn't led to them, um, you know, being able to satisfy this other side of uh, of the coin, which is always going to come down to finance, and that and that's what guys need to understand is that you're going to get to a point where you need that investment. So both both parties need each other, you know, so for, from our perspective, yes, we have, we have a lot of work to do. Um, but in doing research, like we think that the, the area is, is, is there for growth. We feel like we can build that community area. We feel that we can do that, uh, quickly. We feel like there's a number of things that have been established over time that have been like this. And if we can steady that consistency from a community side of things, uh, partnerships are going to be the real key. Like how how good, how strong are these partnerships going to be? That's going to that that is going to uh, show us how successful that we're we're, we're going to be. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, I, I can totally understand it, but we're not we're not focused on only just buying ourselves into a league and 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 doing it that way. But at some point, you are going to need that finance. You are going to need that investment because the BBL, the BBL and its future are not are not focused on whether we can uh, stay in a sports center forever or whether we can stay in a in a, a pavilions forever, which is still a phenomenal venue for me. But if we've got to have these aspirations, we've got to be all going in the same direction as the Leicesters and the Newcastles. And, you know, yes, obviously London are playing out, out of the copper box. That's a, a slightly different situation, but still a, a phenomenal venue. So we've we've got to look at it that way. And, and, I, and I think that you've got to either go one way or the other, right? So you've got to either uh, embrace that elitism and, and really bring it up to that level. Or we, like I was saying earlier, you've got to take a step back, maybe relax the rules because there is still a really strong fan base, maybe not the size that you would desire, but there's a strong enough fan base. Uh, let them come in and let them grow. And and, and maybe that's where... Where, where you're talking about this advice or this support, maybe that's where it needs to go into is that next stage. So once you've gone tier one, we've got them in, the fan base is, is solidified. Can we then tier two give them that advice where they can grow, find a suitable venue um, or understand how to how to fund the venue themselves or what investment that they need? So, you know, I, I can see everybody's viewpoint, but at the end of the day, I, you know, I, I, I've got... Um, somebody I'm really close with that wants to um, wants to invest in something that they, they've enjoyed and loved for, for, for a long period of time. They've got the finances to do it. Uh, I think we're bringing in the knowledge that we need um, to, 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 to grow it. So yeah, no, no, um, you know, no, no arrogance around us just buying in, you know, it's, it's yeah. not like that, but you know, I, I totally understand what people are saying, work through the leagues, but, why sometimes do you know what I mean yeah, why yeah. is it is it is it just to do it because it satisfies everybody's mindset that we should be doing this whole situation um you know but if you don't have to go through some of the pains of some of the other clubs and that's what I'd love to see some of the other clubs just open up and these are the pains we went through you don't have to do that for the next you know five five years but I, I don't know I think we're we're the UK right we just we enjoy that we enjoy you have to go through the pain and then when you kind of get to the top, like we're, we're still going to give you a shoe in, you know, like it's just, it's just, our, it, that's, that, that's our mentality. I think sometimes. So earn the right. Yes, I get it. Uh, buy the right. If it's, if you've got the right structure and you've got the right people, then why not? You, you mentioned it in uh, just there, sort of the, the importance of the venue, um, and it's something that we've heard, you know, time and time again from from many other BBL owners, just uh, well, and clubs in general, that the importance of one having having your own facility in the long term, uh, but two in, in the shorter term, you know, having a suitable place to play out of um, that is affordable and uh, sort of meets you know various criteria like i had a quick look there's a sort of 360 virtual tour of um your home venue which is at university of gloucestershire right i think um so yeah can you kind of talk about like uh the sort of selecting of the home venue you know what you think about the venue that you do have how much seating it's got uh you know in terms of your business plans what you're expecting in terms of ticket sales um and you know doing a good job in terms of uh yeah filling it really yeah i think um I think in terms of venue, 
really like um, the, the conversation was around the fact that it was really the only suitable venue that, that, that could have worked for us. You know, that had to be the first and foremost conversation. Luckily, and I say luckily, it w- wasn't any skill involved. You know, luckily, um, two really great partnerships to get around the table. So University of Gloucestershire, uh, you know, we've hit them up right at a time of ambition and change, you know, so that's the luck part, you know, that we're having a conversation that maybe a year ago would have been netball only conversation to now it's like, we've seen what we can do with the netball. We'd like to push forward now and we'd like to grow. Um, and then Aspire, which is, um, they're kind of a council offshoot. They're the ones that run the evening part of the facility. So Oxdoor Sports Park is is separate away from the campus, not too far. It's it's just a walk down a, a down a pathway. Um, but there's a tennis centre. There's the there's the actual sports park itself that has got um, you know not just really great facilities, but also you know sort of world class classroom facilities and stuff down there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so yeah, they run the evening part of the facility. So easily, easily, with with that in mind, that could have been really, really complicated if you had the wrong people come around the table. But it was a really good, flowing, easy conversation. Um, our our plans were this was kind of our tier one part of our business plan. So at the moment, there's um, you know they can hold seven fifty plus. Um, there's an opportunity for them to uh, to be able to build in extra seating. So there's always been um, a level of the plan left for them to have growth if needed. Um, the netball has grown at a, a rate of noughts, you know, so that they've probably outgrown the facility. So they're having less and less games in, in at the University of Gloucestershire. So I guess they've probably got one eye to what the future looks like for the venue. Um great venue like absolutely love it um and then the reason why we changed the business plan is because then we kind of had this tier two that came in so there was only ever going to be two tiers so tier one was uh working alongside the university tier two was working with council sport england etc etc uh trying to see the the viability of building an arena um there's a lot of land still left at Gloucester City Football Club that we, that we could look at. There's a few other options that, that the council had presented to us that were more similar to, to, to the Leicester uh, model of what, what they built in the city. Um, but Aspire themselves uh, kind of came out of nowhere with, with a, a slightly aging £15 million building that's, that, that's situated right in the inner city um, that is kind of a similar venue to the pavilions i guess um and they they floated the idea that look it hasn't been taken seriously as a as a sports facility for quite a while but if they put the investment in they refurbed maybe some effort from the council um to 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 be able to grow the seat in so at the moment um comfortably uh they could hold 2000 if if we were able to um have a center court so there's two courts um that there's you roll out the center court through the middle there's there's enough room there and then there's another side that could still be built on and 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 still a possibility to bring us up to around about that 3000 which is is that that probably bare minimum for us to 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 be able to have that for a while um you know and financially uh those conversations have been great 
so they were well aware of the differences between the BBL and the WBBL. So there's been kind of two separate deals able to be um, uh, built across into in, in, into our game day experiences. Um, and and then just from a fan base perspective, that's probably where we need to, to oh, that's probably where we need to work our hardest, right? So we've, we've got, um, you know, we've got this access to Gloucester City Football Club that have been, the, the whole fan base has been really, really invested in what we're trying to do. Um, so we're, we're trying to engage them in this, this Gloucester sport conversation being together. Um, we've been able to bring this partnership in with the, the, with the youth development. So being able to work with Gloucester Saxons, so being able to work with them and how we're going to engage them and, and, and get them to games. Um, and then it, there's been this whole community piece, how, how we can work with our partners. So, you know, we've got the University of Gloucestershire, we've got St. Peter's High School. Uh, we've got a number of really, really good businesses that have come and had meetings with us that want to not just be involved as sponsors, but they want to um, try and bring us investment. So if you look at Metro Bank, like that, that's been, you know, a, a massive investment for us that, that, that's only going to grow. Um, and part of the, the, that whole plan was not just built around finance, you know, so th there was a level of expectation around the finance, but also they had a level of expectation of how they could help us as well. You know, can they introduce us to, 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 um, to sponsors? Can they uh, have more game day uh, interaction? Can they have more player interaction? So they were really great to have a conversation with and then locally as well there's been some local businesses that just look we want to we want to sponsor you but we want to get involved and you know we, we we've we're not just playing on this this is this is this is realistic but we really want to take uh this whole um women in sport push to 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 that level in the city where we are reaching out to um, you know, female owners, female investment, et cetera, et cetera. We want to get into those conversations of, come on, you know, we're, we're putting this at the forefront, come, come and have the same conversations, you know? So yeah, we're, um, we're confident, but it's bloody hard work. It really is. You know, you have to, you have to really want to get stuck in and, you know, as, as you said, we, we are on a faster timeline than maybe some people would anticipate and, we've got a, a every minute counts you know what um what have been the biggest surprises for you in this whole process that maybe you weren't aware of until you actually got involved that uh yeah that has been a big surprise it's kind of like oh i didn't realize that you know this would be a thing or we'd have to take care of this or kind of yeah i guess for for the for the average person looking in from the outside uh it'd be interesting to kind of hear your experiences uh you know your expectations coming in compared to things that maybe have caught you off guard that you hadn't uh, planned for or hadn't expected um, I, I think from a BBL perspective, just how seriously they've taken the, the arena situation, you know, so we really have to get to a level of detail that I, I really genuinely thought would, would just be a conversation year three, you know, uh, so like to be doing that early doors, that's kind of, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just lucky I've got, uh, you know, we've got Alex and then you talk about Eamon and stuff like that, like the, the level of um, knowledge they've got around construction and things like that is that is probably part of what's accelerated this process. And what is and just to clarify, both of their business backgrounds is like their businesses are sort of uh, plant hire, excavation, like construction, all that kind of stuff, right? 
Yeah, and that and that's basically how they were able to throw themselves into the project of overcoming what is essentially a flooded area to to be able to put their home back. And you know, um, I invite anybody to to come and just check out that facility because every time people come, they they're, they're like one they didn't know it was there. You know, at the minute we've got to do a better job of of, of telling the whole city um, that 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 it's there, and then two, just how impressive it is. You know, so that's that's been a that's put us in good stead, you know, because we've able to give them an example of what we've able to achieve under a time constraint, you know, so that that's been a three year project that was supposed to be a five to seven year project. So that's, that's an idea of, of how fast that those two can work. Um, so yeah, that, that's probably been the, the level of surprise for me. I think every, everything else I expected that devil in the detail, um, the performance pathway they're taking a lot more seriously. So I don't know how seriously they were taking it before, but they've said to me that they're they're making that a much more mandatory conversation, which is great for me because that's what what our focus is. Again, you know, um, yeah, we're not going from Division Three and working ourselves all, all all the way through, but we are going to have all of that and and more. You know, so we will have a Division Three team running this year. Um, that will link into the bucks into going into year two. Uh, we will have a, uh, a division two women's team that will link into the bucks as well. And then we, then we've got this spine of Gloucester Saxons of the, you know, working with the under 12s all the way through to under 18s. Um, and even plans of, of, of what we're going to do to increase participation below that. So, you know, that's, that that was expected and then um any surprises i guess I, I, for me it's just how fast things can change you know so for, for for me it was kind of we put our business plan in we felt really good about it the plan was ox stalls um the the plan was to go with university and aspire and then obviously aspire came in and said you know hey how about we look at this through a different lens and and you know, I, I literally went for one meeting that I thought was just about the partnership and we ended up coming out with a potentially a 3000 seat arena, you know, try and get your head around that after, you know, a, a five minute sort of conversation has turned into now you're looking at a new facility and, um, you know, you have to be a visionary, you have to be creative in these settings, you, you know, so if you're just looking at it there and then, m most people may have been like, nah you know because we've got a brand new oxtals sports park over there but you've got to have a vision how are mm. we going to engage the community we're in the in the central you know we're in the middle of the city um you know there, there was lots to to love about that situation and i kind of fell in love with that instantly and then then you sat there then trying to gather all your thoughts and how that's going to change and how do you speak to the league and so that's probably been the most surprising bit for me is just just how quickly you've got to be at a transition, um, you know, because I could be in a conversation like that and then five minutes later I'm recruiting, um, you know, and then five minutes after that I might be speaking to a sponsor and then five minutes after that I might be talk talking about a new a new partnership somewhere. Um, so it's, you know, it, it's thick and fast. It's kept me on my toes, that's for sure. Like I said, few few extra grey hairs, but... <laughs> 
that's that's <laughs> yeah. that's that's the way forward, right? I always say it's it's amazing what doors open up when you actually put something out into the universe like that. You know, like it's easy to you know for us to sit around and say, oh, you know, I'd love to have a purpose-built facility or you know a BBL franchise or whatever it is, but actually when you start putting those plans uh, rather than just an idea in your head onto paper and you start having conversations with people uh, doors start opening you know people start having conversations oh you're here you know Sam's trying to do this oh like we've got a potential option here and then all of a sudden it just starts happening but you have to take those first initial steps um, to actually start actioning it rather than it just still being an idea in your head right like um, yeah one of the things uh, I wanted to ask and it's, it's, it seems to be a recurring issue every season for various franchises is visas um, and I know you know there's been situations obviously with you as a as a franchise and I think at the moment the timeline is January 22 p- potentially for you to be able to start getting uh, sort of visa players in like can you kind of talk us through you know for the fan that's got no idea how this process works um, what is the situation uh, with signing import players um, and ha- how does it work what do you need to be able to what do you need to have as a franchise and what is it that takes so long yeah visas man like it just made me mad you know like it's just making me angry no it, it, it's 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 a whole part of it and again you you got to take these things into consideration if you go wandering in with, with armed with no information then of course you're, you're going to look like a numpty so with us like um you have to first of all you have to get your governing body endorsement so that's that's going to come with being improved you know so i could we couldn't do that before we have to be accepted we're accepted into the WBBL. Fantastic. We can go then and get our governing body letters. Um, you then have to apply for your certificate of sponsorship to the home office. Um, and, you know, due to the pandemic, that's probably now three to six months rather than eight weeks to three months, you know, so that that's really been challenged and really been extended. Um, for... For the WBBL, like, um, it's frustrating, of course, you know, because um, uh, only only because of uh, I've got good contacts in good areas and, and you're kind of given players that you could see that could really elevate what you're trying to do. Um, but we always knew in our head what it was going to look like. So we always knew that, you know, sort of January, February um, time would give us... Um, a, a time to analyze the roster we're trying to put together. We, we know those challenges, I guess the, the, again, you asked about a learning curve. Another learning curve is obviously Brexit. Um, how much that's changed the game, um, for, for the better in some ways for the worse in other ways, you know, so now, um, now the European situation is exactly the same as what you've got to go through for your, for, for your American side of things. So you have to go through the visas. So, you know, uh, get get the call from you know a, t- a top level Spanish player that's always wanted to play in England but never played. Nope. You know, January February time because we got to wait for our certificate of sponsorship. Um, so yeah, lots lot lots to factor in. Um, I'm I'm really glad that we're not going through that uh, from a from a BBL standpoint. So these are lots of conversations that started happening that were like. Um, you know, from a BBL standpoint, it probably drives your budget up really a lot, a, a lot higher than you would want. Yeah, you know, and and that is because British players, top, top level British players, players that are going to have us be competitive are going to be expensive, uh, rightly so. They've they've earned the right to to ask for their wage, um, 
and then also like you know they they have the right to say to me like where else are you going to go buddy you know like they 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 would know you you you're kind of stuck so there's no no bargaining power so yeah w wbbl d- does it affect it no it just makes the process more frustrating so i've had to learn really really quickly i've picked up the phone to a lot of people i've asked them a lot of questions for those people that that you know you are thank you uh you know I, I've, I've been constantly badgering people. So, you know, that that's part of the process, right? If you don't know it a hundred percent, then, then have enough grace in your, in your craft to, to go learn. Um, so do you feel like on the WBBL side, you're going to, are you going to fill 12 spots on your roster and then come January, potentially cut a bunch of players and, and bring in imports? Like how are you actually thinking about approaching that? No, I think we like, uh, we're, we're going to go short on our rotation, you know, so we're looking at um, sort of six or seven pros. And then we're looking at the rest of that as a development process, you know, so we're trying to bring in players that we think we can develop. That's tough, you know, like, because we're late in the game. Um, you know, we ran we ran a trial. Uh, we've, we've probably had enough interest to, to maybe run another trial as well to, to, to have a look at some players. There were some really good players, but... Again, like lots of players that come with loads of different challenges and they're in different situations in life and maybe, they, maybe they're looking at the university element that we don't, we don't 100% have nailed down with University of Gloucestershire at the minute. You know, so like we're, we're working through this. We're both new, you know, so University of Gloucestershire not really um, had that many part- sports partnerships to go through you know yeah I was, I was gonna say do you, do you have scholarships at the moment to be able to offer to players well we do but it's kind of understanding what that is and and that late in the game you know it's the, the conversations at the moment is do we do we legitimately look at it next year so that we've got a handle on what we're doing can we bring in a couple of players um and and go through the pain um, of, of, of the first year of what that looks like for the university. So that we're, we're sort of knee deep in those kind of conversations at the moment. So, cause you know, with the university, it's student recruitment, it's student experience. Um, so one thing that maybe the listeners won't see is like, we're not just specifically focused on players that can play basketball. We're focused on, um, uh, like, internships for media and comms for example you know so we look at we look at people like yourself we look at joe um you know joe's a fascinating conversation we had with the with the bbl show like where he was talking about just how self-taught he was that really shocked me like how how much he had done himself and i'm sure you 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 probably got similar stories if i picked your brain um so we've got a whole internship of media coming in we've got a whole internship of performance behind us um so student experience isn't just about student athlete it's it's generally about how we can integrate with the whole university um you know and even even some people coming on board that aren't necessarily sport you know i've i've gone after the most creative and best photographers and videographers and you know hopefully with my passion for sport and their passion for creative we we, will find something that's different and that's what i want to do is i I don't want to i don't want to copy what what the riders are doing for example you know so we're using five or six but i say that all the time i'm like what what makes us different you know and pete's like i've got you i've got you you know so um yeah i think we'll be seven you know so we'll be we'll be light on our roster um and it it depends how much of those european spots we use as well because you have to bear in mind that if if we use 
maybe a third European, for example, then that's going to eat into our non-nationals. Uh, so that means we can only have two. And um, it, it, there's so many factors to get us to February. But yeah, a lot a lot of those younger players will be there for experiences. And and if we do have if we do end up having twelve on our roster, there'll be two players that we're we're just trying to develop this year, and they have a crystal clear understanding that they're probably not going to play anyway. Um, and then those other players we did, we bring in depends on their experience. So, you know, January and February, if, if we're in the mix and we feel like one player might make a big difference for us, uh, then we'll go for it. But we're not going to be idiots. You know, if, it, yeah. if it's going to move the needle by a, by a position, which is going to ultimately just take some pressure off, off us as a franchise, we're not into that. Like that's, that's not our, that's not our model. Um, you know, if, if, if we think it, puts us in the mix and we can we can do something special like like Newcastle did last year that was a magical ride for them that was that was worth everything I think for them to have that experience and sadly they, they bowed out to London at the end but that doesn't take anything away from the the journey they had and then hopefully what we want to do with these with these media and comms is tell those stories then you know get behind the scenes and and look at that journey if if we're lucky enough to experience one in terms of on the floor performance uh i would assume you kind of in your head have an idea of where you want to sort of where you where you're hoping to sit come the end of the season um you know win loss record wise uh, and you know i know obviously i listened to your list list your interview both on um with james and um on the two brits one orange ball podcast and then of course your your, your piece on the bbl show and one thing you've been clear is that you know we uh, we're not just in a league to make up the numbers. Like we're trying to be competitive. It's not just about um, it's not just about we've you know we've done the work now. We've got a franchise and that's it. Like we're trying to win. Mm. Um, kind of what are your what are your expectations about performance on the court? You know both I guess from the from BBL WBBL franchise next season and then when you enter the BBL or hopefully all things all things going well when you enter the BBL next season. Um, what what is your sort of target, um, sort of win loss record wise, playoffs wise? Like, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think it's an interesting question. I think the reason why we, we we've got to be honest and say we're not there to make up the numbers is we're not we haven't got the development behind us that a Cardiff or an Oakland's or a, a Durham or or um, you know even Caledonia like they're they're doing some really special things. You know we we've we've got to build that later on and bring that in. So at the moment we are bringing players in um, to be professionals. You know we're and like I said to you, I want to put them on that pedestal. I want to test them. I want to push them. See what they can do. I think our our outward expectations it, it will uh, will always just be to. Um, show the league that they made the right decision in bringing us into the league. Um, and there's a number of different factors to that. So you say attach a record to it. It's not necessarily going to be about record. It's going to be about how they feel when they uh, come to us as a home venue, how we represent ourselves when we um, when we play away at their venues. Um, you know, so very much it's at the minute, it's very much culture driven. You know, that's where we want to be. Uh, do we want to be pushing for a playoff spot? Like, absolutely. You know, we we, we want to be in the mix. You know, we, we want to be around all the fun. Um, you, you know, we've we've seen what happened last year and and we, we don't want to miss on that and that. We don't want to have FOMO in that in, in that scenario. So, but we've we've got a long way to go. You know, we're, we're putting a brand new team together um, and, and everybody knows that pe- people think outwardly that it's a right and a wrong. You know, but it, it 
it's all about the fit. So there's sometimes you, you bring a team together and they've just got that special mix that within two weeks that they're, they're, they're rolling. Um, you know, I think a really good example of that is Newcastle. Like you looked around and thought that they had a million veterans and they, they didn't. They only had three returning players from that whole group. Um, so that tells you how strong their culture is to, to be able to turn that around. But they hit the ground running, uh, faced a bit of adversity, you know, sort of midway through and then came out the other end. And then there's other teams that take a while just to, to, just to blend, you know, and all, all I can do when I'm recruiting is look at it, um, you know, and it, it looks like it fits from a puzzle perspective and let's see where we get to in preseason. So yeah, we in inwardly we'll have, we'll have our own conversations as to what that looks like statistically, what that looks like from, from a, you know, almost a KPI perspective, I guess we're setting goals for ourselves. Um, you know, out, outwardly, we just want to make sure that we're showing who we truly want to be, you know, and, and what that looks like moving forward. I think from a BBL perspective, it's going to be a lot, uh, a, a lot tougher road, right? Because I, I, I think even, even by next season, like a lot of these teams are kicking on. You're looking at Cheshire, for example, and you're thinking, wow, like, you know, they seem to have, um, you know, if you speak to Coach Thomas, they seem to have just made some good, sensible financial decisions that that we're going to stand them in good stead for this year. You know, Leicester are returning a bunch. You know, Newcastle, I'm sure, will come again, and you know, London. London are retooling and stacking up. Um, so, yeah, and with, with less teams in the league as well, that it's going to make it even more competitive for the for, for those spots, you know, because you've got a team like Manchester Giants, for example, you have to imagine by the time we get to 2022 and the ambition of Jamie Edwards that they're going to be in a much more solid position. You know, they've, they've got the right coach. You know, I, re- I really like Coach Gardner and I think he's a guy that, 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 that can build things. Um so that that's a tougher one to call, I think, because it, it, there's such more steeped finance put into that situation that you know we, we're going to have to pay our dues, I think, from, from from that perspective, and we'll time time will tell. One of the well, one of the big pieces of the puzzle that that is yet to be announced or hasn't been confirmed yet, or is is the head coach of the WBL program. Um, and I'm, I imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, that actually recruiting recruiting the, the team and putting together a roster when you don't have the coach uh, makes it challenging and actually might make it more difficult to then recruit the coach because the coach doesn't have an input on, on the signings. Like, how have you balanced that up? And is there any, uh, any way we can get any type of exclusive on who the head coach might be? Yeah, I mean, the, the answer is we're not balancing it at all at the minute. Like, <laughs> so we, had, we, we, we had a coach um, and it's just not not the right time right now um so we we felt it was good timing it turned out it wasn't good timing and we maybe need to be a little bit more patient to see how that one plays out um and you can't uh, reveal who that was and then um no not at the minute no uh because it's still 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 may may be on the table for for this season or next season um so yeah it that, that just w- wasn't the right time and it didn't work out um, and we're just being relaxed. If, if I'm honest with you, we're just playing a bit of a poker face because we know that if we get right down to the wire that, that I can coach. Well, yeah, hopefully I can coach. Um, so so we, we, can, we can be relaxed. It's not ideal that, we're, that I'm having to recruit, but we're already behind the curve, you know, so if we kind of wait uh, and we, 
we don't have our visas, um, you know, so we're almost at a necessity where we're having to bring players in. I think, I think that the, the, the great answer is we're in a really comfortable grey area at the minute because I've got some really great young coaches coming through that I'm mentoring for the future that I'm I've got really really high hopes of and we'll be announcing those those, those soon. Um, and then, yeah, just continue to take calls. Just continue to take calls, continue to have conversations. And, and if something fits, we'll take it. Um, you know, but if, if it, don't, it doesn't, um, you know, this I'm probably downplaying myself. Worst case scenario, then, then, then I might have to, you know, I might take have to step in the breach. So, yeah, a, a comfortable gray area. So if, if it wasn't for the fact that I could coach, I would be panicking my backside off at the minute because I was really hopeful of who we were talking to. I thought it was a great spot. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm really, really passionate about the WBBL. Like I'm really, really excited about that. I think for some people, it's kind of a conversation that's brushed over to get us to the BBL. Um, and, you know, I have a really pretty good plan A. I have a pretty good plan B um, as to what we're going to do with the BBL moving forward. That's quite clear. I think with the WBBL, we want to make sure that we really give it, it its flowers this year. Like I really, really want to push us to the, to, to to that next level from a just just from an expectation. I think when you start getting into salary conversations with these players, you know, we, we've got to do better. You know, we have to do better in the UK, like, and just because it works now doesn't mean that that's how it should be for, for them. They they want to be professionals. They want to be taken seriously. We've we've got to do more, as in we, the league, we, the uh, basketball England, et cetera, et cetera, to make sure that we can, you know, keep our best talent and they can they can earn a living, you know? Yeah. Do, do you feel like uh, that the WBBL can get... Um well, gets maybe less focused because of the fact that a lot of the the clubs, uh, you've got a BBL franchise and a WBL franchise, so there's, there's it's almost the same people that are trying to juggle both, and then naturally uh, the BBL ends up taking precedence because it was their priority in the first place, and I would assume that it's the bigger revenue generator, and so the WBL hasn't had, the WBL franchises haven't had the focus uh, or the attention that, that maybe they need to to be able to get to the levels that you know, you're talking about and that we all sort of aspire for it to be at. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just early doors into these conversations, but I mean, the conversations we're having, like the, you know, everybody is locked into, to doing exactly what I'm talking about. You know, they they want to grow the game, and you know, you, you you're talking about you know, market London, for example. You know, is take, about to take a really big step for, for for us. You know, just as big a step as it was for the BBL last year when Vince was taking the Lions into Europe. So that's going to be big for us. Is that we need to be ready to when the eyes do come on to us is we need to be making sure we're presenting ourselves the right way. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that's one of the conversations myself and Alex had, you know, that that's why we, we thought it was a good time to put our hat in for the WBBL now, because we felt looking around that maybe it just is the case that the, the BBL has always been the, the main body of the business plan, you know? So when a lot of these, um, when a lot of these, uh, teams and stuff were talking to us and saying it's not really doesn't really move the needle for us it doesn't really do much for us it it's like how much is it getting focused so you know that would be a trial and error 
lesson for us this year is is at the moment it seems like it's really well received in the city uh it feels like it's a good time to be saying the things that we're saying and having the conversations we're having but we're not going to know right until we're right in the fire and we're getting our <laughs> we're getting our asses burnt you know so we're gonna have to we're, we're, we're gonna have to be able to 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 move and operate quickly but i i think i, I love the game you know I, like i've I, I love watching the wbbl um you know i watch a lot of college women's basketball a lot i watch a lot of wmba i just and i guess if you're a basketball geek um then the, te- the the technicality of of the women's game is just so appealing right you know just love just sitting there and taking notes of how these things may be unfolded without um you know king james doing something you know absolutely unbelievably athletic you know it was it's it's actually the the devil in the detail has actually played out so you know i'm I, i'm excited i think there's a product there uh, and and hopefully, I think if we put it where where it should be, we we can raise the bar and maybe challenge everybody else in the league to t- to take another step. You know, I I was quite surprised when we announced Marley. You know, the league said that we we were the first team to announce a player. You know, and and then all of a sudden, you know, you know, a, a, other people have have kind of started pushing that boat and and started getting their signings out. So that only adds to the excitement, right? If we can start doing that and doing. A, a better job you know we we can do a better job even you know we're relying on the graphics of five or six right now we need to get more structure in underneath us and and do more and pe- people want I, I guess you're getting this all the time people want more right they want they want to be behind the scenes they don't just want the superficial uh you know club answers they want what's going on dig deeper get get behind the scenes and we want to show people that we're we're perfectly transparent we've got nothing to hide yeah amazing so I'm, I'm aware of time here so kind of I guess uh, as we start thinking about coming to a close um, what are your immediate priorities over the next sort of I guess uh, well through to the end of the summer coming into the coming into the new season and then over the next 18 months as you start looking towards uh, the BBL as well well so the next uh, the next three days myself and the owner are going to be <clears throat> locked in a room down here in Plymouth so we've kind of both come down he's got some family down here so Locking ourselves in a room and seeing how much work we've got to do in August, we we've, we've got to be ready. We're we're looking at preseason probably first of September for us, um, you know. So now we've got to organise that preseason. We we think we're pretty much there with that. Um, our biggest stresses are um, the entertainment we're going to provide. So we're working on that at the minute. What we're going to provide. Um, you know how are we going to get these bums on seats? So we've had a lot of interest, a lot, a, a lot of intrigue. You know, does that translate? Um, and then how much we've got to do there? We're, we're really grateful. We've got our main, we've got all our main shirt sponsors, which is um, fantastic. So now it's just kind of focusing on uh, player sponsorship. Uh, you know, the on-court sponsorship. Uh, what you know what they're going to get back for that so those those are the kind of things that we are a little bit behind the curve in you know so we're in control at the minute but if we don't if we don't make a big push in August we could be behind the behind the eight ball a little bit with from from that side of things but yeah we're feeling feeling confident and relaxed we've got some good good partnerships to announce you know like I said we we still haven't fully talked about what the University of Gloucestershire Gloucestershire holds for us we haven't fully talked about what aspire holds for us 
we haven't fully talked about what St. Peter's High School holds for us as a kind of a performance centre for us. So th those are three things that we, we're, we're looking to um, to highlight in August. And then, yeah, just just get ready. I'm, I'm just looking forward to, you know, I think I think we've got some really good girls. Like we're talking to some not just great players. We're talking to some really good uh, people off the court, you know. So I'm looking forward to, to getting them in and spending time with them. Perfect. I think that's a perfect place to leave it. Thank you so much uh, for giving us the time, giving us behind the scenes look at everything that you've got going on. And of course, I uh, wish you all the best for the coming weeks, months, uh, years. You know, I think I speak for everyone when you know I say I hope that the, the Gloucester City franchise is a um, you know, massively successful one and uh, helps push uh, British basketball to the levels that we all uh, want, it to, want to see it reach. Yeah, thanks, Sam. And I just just want to give you a special shout out. You've been doing some really great work, man. So I'm just I'm honoured to be able to come on the show and and chat to you, buddy. Psst. Hey, podcast listener, but you weren't expecting to hear from me again. Now that you've listened to the show, please take two seconds to take your podcast player out of your pocket and give us a rating and review on iTunes. It would be massively appreciated and goes a long way in helping us spread this content far and wide. Literally, take your phone out your pocket right now. Uh, open up your podcast player. Go to the Hoops Fix podcast. You'll see the option to leave a rating and review. Drop us a five-star if you love it. And uh, if you could take two seconds just to write a review as well, it would be massively, massively appreciated. Thank you and speak to you next week. You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos and more.